Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. We know that the game of football is game filled with revision and innovation. And what do you do when you don't have enough players to field 11 every week? Well, there was some innovator back decades ago that Tim Brown's going to talk about today as we discuss six-man football, its origins and story, coming up in just a moment. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of pigskindispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to positive football history. And once again, it's Tuesday, and we love to go into that footballarchaeology.com in the mind of Timothy P. Brown, its author, uh, to talk about some great football uh, that might be off a little bit on the beaten path of what we normally get to discuss in the realm of football. But uh, Tim brings it to us so eloquently each and every day with his uh, daily tidbits. Uh, Tim, uh, welcome back to the pig pen. Darren, hey, thank you. Thanks for having me back. And um, I'm not sure about the eloquence thing, but uh, I definitely like to kind of chase down odd tales. But it was on my word of the day calendar, so I had to throw it in there somewhere. So, <laughs> well, you used it perfectly. So. Okay, I'm glad, glad I pronounced it correctly. That's good. <laughs> Off to a good start. That's good. <laughs> Before I, I fumble some other words during us, that's the way it usually works out. Uh, but uh, Tim, you had one uh, back in mid-January, a tidbit that came out daily uh, that talked about six-man football and, and some of the origins of, of that style of play. And uh, love if you could uh, chat about that a little bit. Yeah, you know, so um, one of the things that I, you know, I kind of like thinking about is is how you know the game can be played differently. So. Um, maybe a year and a half, two years ago, I wrote a story about the, how touch football and flag football developed. Um, and then, you know, you have like the Canadian game and whatever. There's different ways to play this game, the, the same generic game. And so, you know, what, what was happening is, you know, the origins of six-man football go back to the 1930s. So the country's in the Depression. And we were still a much more rural country. Um, but, you know, and... You know, not everybody had working vehicles and they weren't two cars in the household and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, people just couldn't get around as easily. And so, you know, the combination of factors led to the fact that there were lots and lots of very small high schools in the country. 
And so while schools wanted to play, uh, wanted to have you know, organized athletics for their students, um, just the sheer numbers didn't always make sense for that to happen, and especially when it came to football. So, um, and I'll, I'm going to cite a couple of numbers, you know, just because I think it kind of reinforces the case. But um, six-man football developed uh, was developed by a teacher and coach at a high school in Nebraska, um, a guy named Stephen Epler. And so, um, Nebraska at the time had 505 high schools but only 218 or 43% played football. And, you know, so the problem was a lot of them just had, um, they had like 300 some schools with fewer than 100 students. You know, so when you think about that many schools with less than 100 students, then, you know, just to get 11 guys, I mean, to, to scrimmage, you need 22. So you need half of the school, 50 kids, you know, 50 males, presumably, and then half of them you'd want to be out there for practice every day. And it just didn't just didn't work out. Um, and it wasn't, you know, Nebraska wasn't alone. It was like, at the time, there were 24,000 high schools in the country. Um, 18,000 played basketball, but only 8,000 played football. So it kind of just kind of showed there was an appetite for sports, but uh, football needed a lot of equipment relative to other sports, especially basketball. Um, and the numbers just weren't there for a lot of schools. So this guy devised a game, um, and this is like 33 or 34, I believe it was. But um, so he devises a game with six players. Um, you know, so they played on an 80, a field that was 80 by 40. Um, and then, uh, like, they kick off from the 20. Um, teams had to have three players on the line of scrimmage. Uh, that meant, and then they had you know two, a quarterback and you know two uh, two backs, and like the the quarterback could get, take, take the snap, but he had to get rid of it. You know, kind of like the old style of football, where the quarterback had to had a lateral or you know, pass it to somebody. Um, and then you know initially the center wasn't eligible, and and even the quarterback wasn't necessarily eligible, but. You know that got resolved pretty quickly. So basically, had a game where every player was el became eligible for a pass. Um, everybody could, you know, you could come up with some kind of play where everybody could run with it. Um, everybody was needed on defense, you know, and you know, in effect, what you had was a center, two ends, and three backs. I mean, that's really kind of the way the game was played. So you got rid of uh, four of the real skill positions, the offensive linemen, and. You know, and then, uh, you know, so they just went off and, and played. And then the other side of it was that they had, um, you know, money was a real issue because of the, the cost of the equipment. So a lot of the sporting goods manufacturers, um, I mean, you know, Epler wanted to devise a game where you didn't need much equipment. And and at the time, not everybody wore hel helmets anyways. And so, um, and then the sporting goods manufacturers basically came out with a whole line of equipment in uh, a number of them did this, um, you know, kind of using lower quality materials to make the helmets, you know, less padding, um, using canvas rather than moleskin or a lower grade leather, you know, so kind of anything they could do to cut the cost, they did so. Uh, but, you know, you look at their catalogs from the 30s, there's, you know, there's three, four, five pages of just six-man football gear that, that they sold. 
Um, so, you know, it ended up, this game became very popular. Um, you know, and it was played in, you know, like 40 of the states eventually, you know, had, had enough enough uh, teams to play. And, and uh, you know, so they had you know, high school officials and uh, coaches, organizations, everything, you know, included the six-man game. Um, and then, you know, eventually I think, you know, there, there were some places where six man they they had they were big enough the school started consolidating you know you, you'd have these schools and they're named after like the four villages or whatever um you know a lot of rural rural schools are like that and so they end up um you know so then there was an eight-man game and a seven-man game you know there's been variations and there still are you know teams play i think in high school right now it's anywhere from nine to, to six man uh, you know games i think michigan i think we've got eight yeah, I think I think that's still. I know in the National uh, Federation uh, rule book, uh, at least six years ago when I got my last copy of it, when I was still officiating, there's still a section of back for eight-man football, which is very popular in the Midwest, like you said, Oklahoma, Texas, probably Nebraska, where yeah. it's a little bit more rural than uh, up north and the east and far west. So yeah, and like in in Michigan, the, the Upper Peninsula, I think, is where a fair amount of of that football is played because they just it's just more difficult to get to other schools too yeah that's understandable <laughs> so um yeah so i don't know it's just one of those things that's just an, an interesting um an interesting slice that gave kids the the ability to play football under fundamentally similar conditions you know the by reducing the fewer guys on a smaller field the six man the original six man game there was each player had 10% more square footage than in the traditional 11-man game. And if you compare that, you know, when you include end zones, Canadian football has 40% more space than American football. You know, so the six-man game was pretty comparable, you know, in, in many respects to, to playing, you know, regulation football. Hmm. So pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely some cool stuff. Now, I don't know if, if you've heard this before, but somebody was telling me, somebody I had on the show probably about a year ago, and I'm trying to place my, I, I can't remember exactly who was telling me, but they were telling me some of the roots of the eight-man football were from uh, playing on the naval ships because they had limited space and, uh, you know, limited people that could play. And they were, I think it must have been aircraft carriers or something. They were playing some kind of ball there and they, they reformatted, you know, the, the amount of players to fit that but I, I i don't remember the details on i don't know if you ever heard that or, or not yeah I, yeah I, i've never heard that i mean i've done a lot of you know research and writing on on military fo football um and you know typically they just they waited till they got into port you know, and, right. and they had all the land you know that they needed but you know in the pacific you know they a lot of you know there's kind of recreational islands that you know troops kind of you know went and recovered in, in or on and uh, they had big football leagues and everything going on there you know, hmm. right you know during the middle of the war so and there were big teams playing in hawaii and everything so anyways um yeah I, i've never heard the story it doesn't mean it you know it, i'll, I'll have to look it up and I'll, I'll shoot you something on it because I know, I know i got it somewhere but uh look that up but yeah i'll definitely follow it up too because that sounds interesting yeah um, but Tim, uh, before uh, we, we let you go here, we appreciate the, the history on six-man football and, and some of the aspects of it. Uh, why don't you share with folks where they can get your daily tidbits uh, like this, like six-man football, 
uh, for some of these unique uh, item, items associated with football uh, each and every day too, so they can enjoy them. Sure. So uh, I publish every day, 7 o'clock Eastern at, uh, on footballarchaeology.com. And if you subscribe, um, so you can subscribe for free. Um, I'm more than happy to, for the paid subscriptions too, but you know you can subscribe for free, check it out. And basically what, what's gonna happen is you would get an email every day uh, with the story. Um, you can still click on it and go, go online or you can go directly to the site uh, to, to view the today's story or any of the, uh, the archive of, of stories. Um, the other option is to follow me on on Twitter, and I'm just you know still football archaeology on Twitter. There's an English guy that has you know soccer related stuff using more or less the same name, but mine football and archaeology are merged together. So it's, you know you'll find me. A, a green logo with a, a leather helmet on it. That's yeah. So yeah, like ni- 1918 leather helmets uh, embedded in. It. It's always good stuff, folks. It's worth a great read every day at 7 p.m. And it's usually a pretty short read, you know, usually a minute or two, maybe tops. So some great images and quotes and all kinds of great stuff to go along with the great story. So, Tim, we really thank you for joining us here and hope to talk to you again next week. Okay, very good. Thank you, Darren. That's all the football history we have today, folks. Join us back tomorrow for more of your football history. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude. And I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Do you wish you knew more about the 100 seasons of the NFL? You're in luck because you found the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. From the founding of the league in an auto showroom, all the way to what it is today, America's favorite sport and a behemoth of an industry. My name is Ernie Chapman. Football is my passion, and I want you to come along with me each week to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board, my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.